Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. Right. So I guess Hi. we should uh, introduce ourselves. Uh, Joseph. I don't know what to even call myself in this. Uh, uh, editor of everything so far. Uh, editor in chief. Are you really <laughs> in chief if there's like nobody else under you? If you're just doing it all by yourself? Well, um, <laughs> I guess. Introduce yourself. Oh, well, I have to do that. <laughs> well, anybody who's listening might want to know who you are. No, I would guess no. they've seen the videos and they could probably identify you by voice, but maybe. Anyway, I am catastrophe or cat, whichever. But I just do the cosplay videos, and I'll occasionally do the video game, especially the, the older video games. The newer, the newest stuff is the newer versions of the Nancy Drew ones, which have yet to be recorded, but they will be. Yeah, at the uh, time of this recording, we've uh, only been going for a little over a month, and uh, I just completely fell off the wagon about a week ago and haven't been able to actually produce anything. Well, haven't gotten anything edited. We've recorded some stuff, and then others is just... Or, you know, record it and then realize we were doing half of the rules incorrectly for the entire game or something. Or recording it and, oh, hey, guess what? The battery died. Yeah, that was, that was oh, a no. fun realization. And it had to die right before the winning, like, couple of moves happened. Which is <laughs> a really frustrating part. That was an exhausting month, the January. Trying to keep up making, uh board game video every week cosplay every other week wasn't that hard to keep up with because i didn't really have to do that much work <laughs> and yeah, then the other you, ones you made the camera. <laughs> every every three weeks for the uh role-playing games video games and minis which the minis and the video games i think will be able to continue at that rate but i think the rpgs might have to slow down another week you know once every four and then Something like that. But again, like, I think the bigger problem with that is just making sure everyone is off at the same time. Because yeah, it's been... Th this is not our professional thing right now. This is working around daytime jobs. Yep. Nighttime and jobs. The fact that I'm... Yeah, I, I work afternoon to evening is kind of a problem so far. And my weird weekend schedules. Sometimes I'm off all weekend. Sometimes I work all weekend. Sometimes I work short shifts all weekend. We just hired somebody else, so hopefully she'll stay, but that means there's no longer just two people working in the back room, and I might be able to have a little extra time off now, instead of being part-time and working over 30 hours. Hmm. <laughs> I don't mind it, it's just yeah. long and tedious dealing with very, what's what's the diplomatic word, um, rude, entitled... Uh, demanding. Uh, demanding. People who know what they want and will not budge. <laughs> People that know what they want but don't want to pay or wait for it. <laughs> that too. It's just, it's a little tiring. <laughs> but, you know, if it's your big day, then you, you're, you're allowed to be a little pushy. But when you're dealing with it by yourself, it's it's tiring sometimes. Yeah. And then the hard part of editing lately is that the hospital has been really busy lately, at least in the lab. Does the hospital have a busy season? Uh, yeah, winter. Okay. 
Well, for the lab, anyway. Uh, the hospital... For, for, for the lab. But, <laughs> but, um, but that's why we like to... That's why we like games, is because it's a fun escape. It's yeah. a way away from work. I mean, you get if you're for doing a RPGs, usually we just gotta, you know, I'm going to just bash all these people with my giant <laughs> hammer, and I'm going to feel better about it. Feel better about my day, because you know what? I may have had to smile and take it from like twelve different people, just let them walk all over me. But you know what? I am the heavy with a hammer, and I just killed like thirty zombies. Okay. And it was awesome. So we're good now. No quarter for zombies. <laughs> we fought zombies last time. <laughs> In what? What uh, RPG? I don't even remember. I just hit stop. <laughs> it's been that sort of week. I mean, you know, if we don't have board games, then if people can't come over, I mean, again, jobs get in the way, then that's when we get to play video games or just... Yeah, chill, but but gaming tends to help relieve stress more than anything else. Yeah, that's a good way of getting away from doing the normal life stuff, I guess. But, uh, I think that's part of why I don't care much for uh, like first-person shooter type games, like the military games, because it's still very today-oriented. Uh, yeah. So if I'm playing a video game, I'm playing Skyrim. Yeah. Again, exception being once again Nancy Drew, but that's problem solving. That's that's being useful and stealing stuff. Yes, and kleptomania. <laughs> Nancy's a kleptomaniac. Get over it. <laughs> What's that? I can pick it up. That must be useful. I'ma take it. <laughs> Don't live your life like Nancy. You will go to jail. Cosplay stuff. You're talking about the uh, the. You know, different ways of dealing with that uh, plastic bulb mm-hmm. to get the different lighting effects and how uh, you can, like, sand it to rough up the outside and it makes it a little fuzzier looking Yeah, it light. makes a hazier light instead of a captured light. Yeah. thing that occurred to me is that I bet you could actually, um, like, do patterns and images in that. So, That'd be cool. Yeah. So I had a, you know... If you wanted to do like a, a captured soul or something, um, if you were to rough up all of it except for like to leave like a, a kind of a skull face in the bulb that was not roughed up so the light would come through more clearly right there. That'd or do really it the cool. other way around and just rough, you know, sand so in a uh, skull using, shape. Either using a stencil or uh, taping over every area, uh, taping over the skull itself and then yeah. roughing up everything else. That would be were, cool. If you were really uh, brave about it, I guess you could use a Dremel to do that. Or just, uh, you know, get a little piece of sandpaper and kind of wrap it around your fingertip and rub at it with your finger to make the design. It would depend on how big the design was, I guess, whether that would be... design, uh, I, what I, type of ball you're using, because if it's a very soft... Thin plastic would be how hard you can go at it. Yeah. Those Christmas plastic balls are pretty pretty thin. Yeah. Yeah, the Dremel would just tear right through that probably. <laughs> but Which could also be an interesting effect too. Just pores of light coming out. Hmm. Yeah, you could uh, 
Gonna drill or uh, use the, the the point of one of those Dremel bits to punch holes through it, and then uh, paint the inside. Well, you probably want to paint the inside first, or you could just paint the outside, I guess. Or you could have the holes, and then so you have it clear before you even paint it at all. Mm-hmm. Put the holes in there, and then um, that's when you have your really watered down paint. Mm-hmm. Pour it in there, you know, kind of shake it towards covering everything, and then let mm-hmm. it pour out. Especially if you're using, like, a red. Mm-hmm. Just bloody pouring out of there. Hmm. That, you, you could get an interesting effect um, if you also sanded the outside a little bit. So it would be, you know, fuzzy light for the bulk of the orb, but then you would get, you know, the brighter points coming out through the holes. If mm-hmm. you just put a bulb in there and no uh, fabric or anything, even. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. Hmm. All sorts of fun. Ideas. <laughs> Keep going back to wanting to film werewolf. But if you get a big group of people to do it, it'd be so fun. Again, were- werewolf's a very common game. I'm sure most of y'all have heard of it. Um, it can accommodate up to 79 people, if not more. <laughs> if you get the uh, If you get the full pack, which is a whole... 15 to 20 dollars walmart target <laughs> internet wherever um or ultimate werewolf i think has the full expansion of it again same price and again it's it's made to accommodate all the way up to so many people and it can just you know it's a quick game you could do it really fast the way that we tend to play is again, everyone has their drawn character only the storyteller knows who everybody is nobody else is allowed to know what character you have drawn from the pile and you can't say oh i am the seer i am a villager i'm the of course you don't want to say you're the werewolf because then everyone's going to kill you <laughs> but you can't straight up say what character you are however you can role play and that's what we'll do and we just make up the most ridiculous stories and we'll get like really into it and just it's like no but we're in love how we we can't we we just we can't hang this person for no other reason than that just decided no we we are now a couple doesn't matter or yes i've never trusted you anyway i bet you you're the werewolf and it's very obvious they're not the werewolf but you know what we've had a grudge it, it just gets so weird and so funny and just it brings a whole new element to it when you just throw a role play into whatever game you do. I mean, we've role played Clue before. <laughs> that was weird. Jake was the only one not into it, strangely enough. Huh. But then he doesn't care much for Clue, so. Yeah, uh, I understand that. John, Dave, and I, though, we we had a story going. <laughs> It was fascinating. Jake got roped in eventually, but it took a little bit. Huh. Again, he just, I don't know why he doesn't like Clue. Hmm. He hasn't given me a real reason. He just doesn't care much for it. Yeah. Clue's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, speaking of board games, I guess, uh, stuff that is coming out soon-ish. <laughs> Uh, Planetarium. I know that's coming up soon. So excited. I don't know when it's going to be in the mail. Do you know anything about it? I haven't really looked into it that much. From what I was told, I wasn't allowed to look at the actual page. Because it's my birthday present. (laughs) (laughs) But the way it was explained to me was 
It's a it's an actual board game, but what you do is you use science to build up your own solar system. <laughs> and it's a I believe it's a turn-based game to where you're actually again just building the solar system going further and further out and grander and whatnot. And again, utilizing actual science to do it. You can't just pull something out of your butt and say, "Bam, <laughs> I got a planet." No. No, you have to have all these components first and you know, be next to a certain star, gravitational pull, all that sort of stuff to be able to make it work. Huh. But that's just how it's explained to me. I, I could have misunderstood. He won't let me look at the page. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best it's, one to be talking about. <laughs> sounds like a good game to uh, unofficially make a campaign out of along with Evolution. <laughs> Which, uh, Evolution's a, a board game where you, you have one or more animal species and you try to evolve them. <laughs> That sounds great. To be sort of the, the top animal. And, uh, and you can, you know, you get different trait cards and stuff that you can incorporate into All your right. animal animals. They've made a couple of expansions for it now. they got a climate change expansion and a flight expansion. Let's see, at Gen Con, they're supposed to be, uh, Fantasy Flight Games is supposed to be pre-releasing, I think, um, the new... Legend of the Five Rings card game that they're making since they purchased the rights to it uh, about two years ago, I want to say. But, uh, the, the game kind of evolved in a direction I didn't much care for, evidently, in the, the time that I wasn't playing. So when I came back to it, mm-hmm. uh, I, it was a little too fast-paced and was trying to be a little too much like magic. Now... Fantasy Flight Games owns it, and they're remaking it in a living card game format. I'm looking forward to picking that up at Gen Con. Sounds so I'm sure cool. they'll do a good job with it. Uh, Probably, yeah. Uh, there's been Fantasy Flight Games games that I didn't, you know, particularly enjoy, but they've all been well made. Like I've, I've yet to find one that really just just failed completely like that uh warhammer fantasy rpg they did uh that one was a little weird but you know that one i think failed because it was just a little too unique (laughs) it had a lot going on it was a little confusing especially for newer players it seemed to not be able to decide whether it wanted to be a board game or a role-playing game yeah um, I think that was a lot of it. But right I mean, there. the system does seem to work decently. It's just a little too different to live. <laughs> but um, yeah, minis. Uh, this came out at Gen Con uh, 2016. The uh, second edition rules for Mercs. Um, so I just picked up the rules, and uh, I think sometime fairly soon we're going to be doing uh, at least one recording of game under the new rules okay Uh, so hopefully we'll be putting out that video pretty soon oh the other side new game by weird set in the same world the same setting i guess as uh their original game malifaux but it's set on earth and it's uh it's a bit bigger of a game i think is supposed to be on a six by four or six by three area, so more Warhammer scale. Okay. The yeah. amount of space that you need, but um definitely bigger. Yeah, not too happy about that. But it looks like a really good game. The minis are actually 
pre-assembled. You don't have to build them. Hmm. So you, you just open the box and start painting. It looked like a really interesting one. I had to throw in on the Kickstarter for it. Uh, so <laughs> soon as possible, I should have two factions worth of stuff for that. So uh, be roping somebody into participating in that with me. <laughs> Sound good. Again, probably Jake or Brandon would be my guess. Probably. <laughs> just, just knowing me and who I kind of default towards. Uh, like, oh, it's a minis game. I'll pick one of the two people I know that already play minis games. Yeah. If I'm using minis, I, I prefer to have them in a D&D type setting as opposed to an actual minis game. Yeah, they are really, really handy for role-playing games. I, I love having it. It's, it makes life easier. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> really get into minis in role-playing games until I was playing uh, Unleashed. And that really, like that game in particular, you need minis. Really, ever since then, I've liked the idea of using minis, at least for the combat scenes. That's, that's what I need it for. See, I didn't realize... So- I never really cared before. It was just they were sort of there. But then when I ran my own D&D game trying to manage a combat scene, I can't do it in my head the way some people can. Yeah. Or do it in you know, a story type setting. I need to be able to see where everybody is and to calculate how far they are, how far they can move, things like that. I have to be able to see it to make it work. And again, Jake could do it in his head. I can't. Yeah, I kind of used to be able to, but I've really gotten to like the minis a lot more because it's just less work to do in your own head. <laughs> and now, uh, I'm not sure he's... I'm trying to talk Jake into doing it for the channel. Um, actually running a and d in either 3, 5, or 5th, mm-hmm. and running three separate sessions in which... Uh, again, like having a three-part story... Mm-hmm. But each session, um, we do combat a different way. Hmm. So in one version, he found this way online to where it's um, like you you look at the AC, you look at the AC uh, of, of the players, and you subtract a certain number, and they have a whole chart online for it. No, he do it. He'll explain it really well in great detail. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and. It's for the DMs to use, so that way they can figure out exactly how many of, again, like for example, goblins to have mm-hmm. in a not exactly a horror type setting, but in a massive group. Mm-hmm. And you know, judging on certain numbers of how things play out, it's okay. There is this ratio of how many times they'll hit you. So instead of having to roll for all of them, you just automatically get hit every other turn. Say yes, things it's like, like that. a diceless thing, so you don't have to sit there and roll and roll and roll for the DM. Yeah, yeah, that and then is really handy. Do that for one time, and then the second time, kind of a throwback to the AD and D style, to where it's okay. Full roll. Uh, the the players will roll for initiative. Uh, they go around starting from you know, like so say. Wes gets to go first. It starts from Wes, goes around the circle of everyone saying what they're going to do, and then the DM narrates each uh, each turn on how it how it progresses, yeah. how it would naturally play out, because it's all supposed to be happening at the same time right. instead of one by one by one. Hmm. And that being the second adventure, and then the third one being the more 
the more that people tend to recognize with the classic uh, turn-by-turn, almost Final Fantasy-like standard Uh of, okay, we have initiative, okay, you get to go, roll it, and now it's your turn, and just that attack, pull back, wait, battle music, (laughs) go to the next person. And again, just all of them are legitimate forms of playing, but that way people can see there are different ways of doing it. Maybe something suits them better. Yeah, some things work better for different groups. Um, One thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is initiative systems, because initiative's always kind of flummoxed me because, you know, everything is happening simultaneously but you have to have some way of organizing it so you need an initiative system yeah and i do like you know just having an initiative score and figuring out some way to decide the what order the players are in Uh, i don't generally like rolling and adding a number for it i think it's just a little too random uh, like if you build a character to have a really high initiative, but you throw a two for your role, then you're probably going to be going after everybody else. Yeah. And the, the idea to me seems like you know, the character is just wired to react very fast, so they should be able to consistently do that. And so, like one thing I've been thinking about doing in future games, like especially for like a D and D or something like that is rather than having the players roll, this is also to speed up, you know, kind of the turn and stuff, is to just say everybody takes 10 for their initiative, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll just roll for the NPCs to see where they fall in the order, right? And so the players already know going in what order they are in. Okay. And then, you know, the only thing that is going to be random then would be where the villains wind up yeah which i kind of like that idea more i, I think, think i'll have to test it out yeah just to you know you don't have to try to remember oh who am i going after this time and because it's just okay you know you, you everybody knows going in um and that is something I did like about the uh, the AD and D initiative type thing. It was a you do roll initiative, and whoever has the highest, you start there, and you just go clockwise, saying who does this. Oh, that's interesting. Um, another thing I've lo- uh, I've really enjoyed since I first found it <clears throat> it was the initiative system for uh, the Star Wars RPGs that Fantasy Flight made, where oh, yeah. everybody rolls initiative. But your character doesn't necessarily go on the initiative slot that you generated. The players get to pick who's going to go in what order. I did like that. That one made a lot of sense. Yeah. In a... Again, not not the way that you were talking about before. This player's geared to be faster, Mm -hmm. but in a very strategic sort of way. Yeah, and kind of dramatic. Definitely. It's it's more of a storytelling sort of way. Kind of... I don't know, kind of reminds me of that White Wolf system, too. Yeah, not kind that, of. like, a, you get to choose what order, but towards geared, more story-dramatic way. Yeah. Um, then uh, there's another thing that I've run into once or twice that I kind of have been curious about trying out, and it's about that, you know, the thing where if you have the highest initiative, 
And essentially, you're reacting the fastest to what's going on. And if everything's happening at the same time, then basically, whoever's going first, whoever has the highest initiative, kind of already knows what's about to happen. So one thing I have encountered before that I've never tried out is, you know, you get figure out your initiative order, and then you have the player that's going to go last say what they're going to do, and then work your way up the initiative so that the player that goes first already knows what everybody else is going to do. So essentially you declare, I'm going to do this, but then you don't actually do it until your initiative comes around. Because, okay, you've reacted slower, so, you know, you don't know what all your teammates are doing necessarily, whereas like okay. the, the, the teammates who have the higher initiative scores are going, oh, he's going to attack that guy, so I can attack that one. Or he's attacking that one, so we'll gang up on that one. Or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, they'll notice that the the villains are going to attack one of the other characters, which I like conceptually, because it feels more correct. Uh, but at the same time, that's one of those things like rolling for initiative that's going to slow down the game. And that's one of those things to where I've also noticed if you have a larger group mm-hmm. or if you have somebody build like a battle toad, just they do so much stuff that takes 10 minutes before it gets back around to your turn. Yeah. You need someone to speed it up, but then if you have things, you know, everyone's built on the same level, just bam, 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 there's only, you know, four people playing, it goes a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have to worry about that. Yeah. But, you know, like, um, when we have four people playing a game, it's just one, two, three, four, bam, we're good. Back to Back to start. As opposed to, like, when we played um, Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Kitty. Stop that. You're so needy. Uh, when we were playing Unleashed, uh, again, Wes is very good about building his characters very combat-heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he likes to min-max that sort of thing. He, he enjoys but the combat side. He really he does enjoy that. He always part does a good of job of making his characters really good at it. And he, he knows how to go through the rules, stack things up to get the maximum effect. Nothing mm. wrong with that. But it would take like over 10 minutes for his turn alone. Yeah. And it really slowed things down to the point where it's just like, wait, whose turn is it? You know, wait, yeah, we would even miss her. Well, and that's speci- like. Uh, a really big problem with Unleashed, where if you're a warlock, you might have three or four things, like mm. three or four characters worth of stuff that you have to do in your turn because you're managing all your war beasts and your character. And so you have a lot more to manage, which uh, you know, I think that was... On the one hand, it made the problem worse. It made the combats run really slow that most of the party in that game was warlocks. But at the same time, it seemed to me like, um, you know, when it got around to someone's turn, they enjoyed it more because they were able to do a lot of stuff, at mm-hmm. least. Well, it's but, not, 
Yeah, yeah, I like gaming with Wes. It's just one of those things that he will put a lot of effort into the actual battle part of it and stack mm-hmm. things up to where he does a lot of stuff and sometimes it can take a bit more time. Mm-hmm. So it'll slow things down. Yeah. That is one of the, you know, like, I feel like that's kind of a handy player to have in an RPG is mm-hmm. someone that uh, is mostly interested in the combat because then you don't have to make your characters as good as co- at combat. Like if, if they can carry the weight of doing all the combat, then the other players, if they don't want to care about the combat as much, they can build their characters more for, you know, support or for, uh, you know, skills or whatever mm-hmm. it is that they want to do safely. See, from a player standpoint, standpoint, standpoint it's great. Um, DMing for that was really hard, though, because I had a mixed set. Yeah. I did tell them from the get-go, this is a mixed type of game. We're going to have equal parts combat, uh, role-playing, and investigating sort mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, that way it's what everybody, you know, everybody gets something they really like. And talking to everyone playing, they were all, oh, yeah, I like a mixed game. I want something where we can do everything. Yeah. But everyone has their very obvious favorites. Wes's was fighting. Uh, Jake and Brantley really like the role playing. Uh, (laughs) John really likes the investigating, that sort of thing. It just, Mm -hmm. everyone has their favorite, but sometimes to the point of uh, Brantley would almost get no fun out of the uh, combat and Wes would just kind of sit back and not even really care about the uh, role playing investigating aspects because he didn't feel useful because he put all of his skills into fighting. But then also it'd say, okay, how do I make this fight balanced? So that way Wes gets a good workout over here, but they're not trouncing everybody else in the party. Yeah. That was, that was, I'm not a very experienced DM. I've only done a few different things. You know, Jake usually likes to DM. I like to play. Yeah. But I try to give him a break every now and then. I hate, hate running games. <laughs> <laughs> It's very stressful running a game, but again, I'll do it to give him a break, and so that way he gets to play for a change. Speaking of role-playing games, uh, I think we we talked about this briefly when we weren't recording, of course, was the new way I'm thinking about doing the role-playing games, which is what I have been doing, uh, setting up a a group chat uh, for each game after we figured out who was most interested in participating in what games. And trying to arrange over the course of months when we were going to actually sit down and play this game. And we've already run into some problems with that, with trying to get character creation done in time and getting familiar enough with the rules in time. And then, you know, somebody forgets or, you know... Last it's not clear changing. what you know what month we're talking about doing it. It's like, oh, let's do this on the 18th. Is it the 18th of this month or next month? No, it's the month after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's been a, a pretty serious stumbling block for me so far. So what uh, the new plan I'm thinking is that instead of having people commit to playing, instead of asking uh, people to commit to playing in this game X number of months in the future, uh, I will just make up half a dozen to a dozen characters, depending on the game, probably. And then whenever I figure out a good time that I can record, 
say, a week or two ahead of that, start asking people who can participate on that day. And I'm thinking I'm just going to have to be strict with myself and say, okay, if one person shows up to play this role-playing game, I'm just going to be running a lone wolf, you know, RPG for for this video. Okay. I think. I think that'll also make it easier to do some of the ones that I wanted to stretch into campaigns, like uh, Through the Breach, where I want to ideally hold on to most of the characters, but then after that initial little adventure, uh, I want to throw in a new character um, built off of one of the supplement books. Uh, maybe a couple of characters built off of the supplements. That'd so I'm be thinking interesting. That would probably actually work better if I do it that way. Make Especially- a bunch of pre-gens... And then make some pre-gens based on the next book that we're going to do. Especially with that setting, it feels like it would flow better with the way the story itself of that story setting works. Yeah. It would be a lot more natural with it. Mm -hmm. Stay true to the source material. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I think that's what I'll, I'll probably be doing. The more I think about it, the more I talk about it to other human beings rather than mm-hmm. just kicking it around in my own head. Oh, it sounds the different. Better of an idea it actually sounds like. It things always sound different talking out loud. That's why it's best like if you're writing a story, have somebody bounce the ideas off them or mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even if you're just talking to your goldfish, saying it out loud helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even do that with with just names. Like you know how you go to places like Chick-fil-A or you know, wherever, and they ask for your name so they can call out your name. I give them character names just because I want to see how it sounds when somebody else says it. And when they don't know what's going on. It's like, you know what? I like that name. I'm going to use that name. And, <laughs> oh, God, that sounds horrible when somebody else says that. Never mind. <laughs> I think another uh, good thing with that is you see how other people pronounce your spelling. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's everything, so... Um, that's pretty uh, good talk. Thank you for see, listening. Yeah, <laughs> for us, uh, us ramble. See you next time. Uh, episode two, I guess. Uh, whenever that happens to be. <laughs> episode two, episode one, whatever this ends up being, the next episode <laughs> after that. What are we recording, rather? Um, just... This uh, pilot episode of the as yet unnamed podcast. Oh, okay. I will do my best. <laughs>